hello there. I'm Ellen. I'm the pussycat half of Pea Green Boat. In this podcast, I'll be talking about the real you, the person you've always dreamed of being. And I'll also be talking about all the things that get in the way of you being that person, that stop you being that person, and what we might be able to do to change that. I'll often be chatting with my fellow coach and longtime friend Fiona Dove. Fiona is the other half of Pea Green Boat. And with lots of other fascinating people from all over the world that we've both been fortunate to meet. So join me here for our weekly chats, full of laughter and ideas, ideas that can open doors for you. So grab yourself a coffee, hop on board Pea Green Boat, and we'll have a gentle sail down the river. Hello. This week, I want to talk about expectations. Expectations can be just such a pitfall and such a mind trap. I just had a recent experience with somebody, well, I was trying to help them fill in a form um, for doing an event on the Shropshire Love Nature Festival that I'm on the management team for. And the form was like super simple too simple in fact really it's just an email you know give your email your phone a tick box that you want to do an event that you want to host an event and a blank box for you to briefly describe your event like a nature walk photo competition litter pick talk seed swap all that kind of stuff and the person couldn't find the form She expected a grid-like form with loads of columns and boxes, wanting lots of detail. So she couldn't actually see the form that was in front of her, the form on the website. Her head was so full of what she expected to see, she couldn't see what was actually in front of her. This is a problem I find time and time again at the beginning of working with every client. Their minds are full of all the stuff they've read about how things should be and all that God's forsaken head crud that our education and work environments tell us that we should know how things should be and that things will always be the same and they will always be as they should be. Well, after COVID, I mean, that really does go out the window. It's just not so. And long ago and far away, I was taught at school to answer the question asked. They said, answer the question asked, Ellen, not the one you hoped they would ask. My teachers called this focus. In English lessons, we're also taught to praise. As far as I know, children are still taught to praise. It means reading what's in front of you, usually quite a longish paragraph, and garnering the gist of it, the substance, the nucleus, kernel of what the longer paragraph is saying and grasping that without all the extra bits that the person has put on to, well, pad it out or expand it in some way. Praising things, writing a praise requires focus and it really means paying attention. It requires you to read all the way through a piece of writing, probably several times, and analyse it. And then you extract the main points, the kernel of what the person was talking about. Then you assemble them into a brief summary, 
that includes the essence of what the longer piece said. And it's really not as easy as you might think. You have to focus on what the work is actually saying, not on what your brain thinks it's saying. You need this ability in all of life. You need this ability in work. And through all levels of work, even if all you do is punch a series of buttons, they have to be the right buttons and in the right order. And as a leader, you really need this ability to find the essence of something, to find the essence of what your co-workers are saying. And you need this ability right there in your bones, not in your head. It needs to be on autopilot right in your bones. You need to be able to hear what your co-workers say, and that requires focus on them, on listening. And you need to be able to understand what they meant as they said it. And then, ever so fast, in your head, you pray see it. You get the essence of what they were saying, and to check, you say that essence back to them. You say what you've understood back to them, And so you check that you did actually understand what they said. People find that really helpful. And they find it really good that you've listened to them. They feel you've paid attention to them and they've got got presence in your mind. Presence with you. And you need to do it in all sorts of other things. I mean, I'm thinking particularly of reading contracts. You've got to do it then. Or you can be right up shit creek with no paddle whatsoever. It's even a good idea to read menus properly, so you don't get surprised when the waiter puts the plate in front of you. And with this person and the form, this is what she didn't do. She didn't go into it with no expectations. She went into it thinking it was going to be like she thought it was going to be. And so she couldn't see or read the form that was there in front of her. So she couldn't fill it in. And she got in a right old tizzy and needed help out of it. Unfortunately, I was there and I was able to take her through it. And we got it all right. And we got it done. And so she's doing the event and it's all going to be beautiful and fine. Now, one of my psychology teachers gave us this adage. And I live with it now. And I pass it on ever I can. So here it comes again. He said, be full of expectancy, but without expectations. I'll say that again. Be full of expectancy, but without expectations. Now, the person I was helping with the form, she really needed to do this, to be full of expectancy, but not have expectations of what she thought the form was going to look like. We laughed about it afterwards. She was fine. And she said, I was expecting. Like that. Because she knew what I was going to say. It's fatal. Expecting something to be like what you already know, that so often means you get the whole thing round the back of your neck. And then people say to us, there's no reason why it shouldn't be the same. Well, I'm sorry. Yes, there is. There's every reason why it should be different and really no reason why it should be the same. Everything is different from the last time you remember. Everything changes from moment to moment. 
you're different. You're older, in a different place. The thing or the event has changed too. In fact, the whole of space-time has changed. People talk about mindfulness a lot nowadays. And mindfulness really is about living in the now. Not the last time you were here, nor the next time when you're going to be there. It's not about having expectations that it's going to be like last time. It's got to be now. You live in the now, right now, this instant. I wonder actually how many people really think of and use mindfulness like this. Quite a lot of people I've talked to, they use it as a place to escape to, a quiet, still place, safe, where life doesn't, where life doesn't touch you or hurt you. Modern education doesn't really go in for helping us to live in the now either. Everyone has their own normal concept. We all do it. We've all got one. And many of us expect that everyone else will live in that normal concept, our normal concept, that they will agree with us that that is how normal is. But that's not possible. And it's quite nuts to think it might be. They can't live in our now. They must live in theirs. But so many, many people try to do this. They try to think that their normal is the normal and that everyone's going to live there. They expect it. And leaders can fall into that trap too, and many of them do. They expect the people they work with, their team members and co-workers, and the customers and even the delivery people and the consultants and their fellow leaders and everyone. They expect them all to live in their own normal box. And that really is completely nuts. Because we all live in our own normal, not somebody else's. And we all actually tend to expect that other people live in our normal too. Hmm, yelp. That sounds really scary to me. And it's bung full of pitfalls and mind traps. I wonder there are so many misunderstandings and cock-ups and arguments and even wars in the world today. We can't expect everyone to live in our normal. We can't expect people to live in any way that we know already. But, like I said, modern life encourages us to do this. And we all get into a real rut when we really believe that that's how it is, that our way is the only way. That sort of thinking has got a lot better over the past decades, but it's still not good. It's still got a long way to go. And people still, as they show when they begin working with me, they're still bung full of expectations. And they have to climb out of that box before they can really open up and smell the coffee. It takes time. And we make life difficult for us when we have expectations. We stop ourselves hearing. And so we stop ourselves understanding what people around us say. We make mistakes, we cock things up, maybe lose friends, maybe lose business. And that's all about these expectations. We expect things to be as we think they're going to be, 
instead of seeing what's really out there, really in front of us. And as various people have said to me over, over my life, why make things difficult? When with a bit more effort, you can make them really impossible. And it's almost like expectations do that, having expectations. They make things very difficult. Understanding, very difficult. Communication, very difficult. And if we can really get into it deeply, we can make it impossible. So what is this expectancy stuff then? How is it different to expectations? Well, for me, expectancy is about suspense. It's about bated breath. It's like that feeling of going on holiday somewhere completely new that's going to be full of new things, new people, new experiences. Or like going to a party, or a meeting even, or even networking. Yeah, I agree, some of these can be really dire and full of the same old, same old, but they're not all. It's like going somewhere with people that you don't know and wanting to find out what they're about. So expectancy is also, for me, like going on a new date, one that you hope is going to be really hot. You don't know what's going to happen, and that not knowing thrills you. And it means you're completely open to whatever new things come along. Another psychology teacher gave us this example when we were talking about this kind of thing. He would say, all right, how would you feel if I invite you for a weekend's underwater pony trekking? Well, how would you feel? How do you feel? What images spring to your mind? Probably, hopefully, gorgeous cartoon images as they do in mine. There's a wonderful picture of a Thelwell pony with a snorkel set on. <laughs> but maybe your head gets in the way. Maybe your head is stops you thinking all these lovely, crazy cartoon ideas and is saying things like, that's not possible, that's utter rubbish, what a stupid thing to say. If so, that's a shame. Okay, think about this one then. Once upon a time, a mere 150 or so years ago, people would have said, that's utter rubbish, not possible, woman's insane. If I'd said to them, if I'd told them, just to go and flip that switch on the wall and there'd be light. Yeah? Wasn't that long ago. So don't let's knock this expectancy. Don't let's knock this not knowing stuff. Let's think of it as being really good and a real opener. Expectancy is what enables newness. And it enables nowness. It enables you to live in the now, where things are really happening, things that you know and see around you, and you're not trying to convert them into something you know. You're going, ooh, to think of that. So new things, new ideas, new ways of living can all emerge. Having expectations tends to throttle all newness at birth, so probably not such a good idea. Because having expectations mean you live in the past. You live in what has been before, in what you already know, in old ways. And those old ways may be well past their sell-by date. Being full of expectancy means you're open to newness, willing to explore what you don't know 
and maybe stuff that you never even dreamed of before. With expectation, with expectancy, we come at life from empty, not cluttered with old baggage. We have an empty rucksack that we can fill with new experiences. We're inclusive and not exclusive. Expectancy means you're inclusive. You let people in. You let ideas in. You at least consider them. Expectations means you're exclusive. You keep people out unless they are already like you, unless you already know about them, unless you already understand them. Expectancy means you look out to the wide horizon beyond what your eyes can see as yet, and you look forward to going there. A friend of mine calls it living by Hollywood rules. I really like that. She means that for the time being, we suspend all disbelief. Anything can happen. We allow it. We might meet Yoda or a Yeti. We might be able to walk the rainbow. One of my favourite poets, John Donne, wrote this. Go and catch a falling star. Get with child a mandrake root. Tell me where all past years are, or who cleft the devil's foot. Teach me to hear mermaids singing, or to keep off envy's stinging. And find what wind serves to advance an honest mind. I love that. It's actually part of one of his love songs. I learned to sing it in the folk group I was in when I was at uni. It offers up so many possibilities, so many different ways of thinking. And that's what we all need, what leaders need, what teachers need, what everybody needs. We need wide open minds that are full of expectancy and able to take on board anything and work with it, see if it works, see if we can make it work. Where would we be if people only stuck to what they know? No electricity, no laptops or mobile phones, no paper to write on, no pens to write with, no fridge to keep our food fresh, no anaesthetics so we can have operations without dying of pain and shock. No, we need to drop expectations and come at life from empty, Come at life from a place of unknowing, as Jung said. We need to be full of expectancy, but with absolutely no expectations. Okay, so how do we get there? It means a lot of unlearning. And that's usually more easily done if you have some help. So it's part of what coaches do. We help you unlearn old habits that are no longer useful to you. So you can make space for new things, new ones, that will move you on forward. And it can feel so hard at first. And that's where the coach's encouragement really makes a difference. You're not on your own. You've got somebody who wants to listen to you. And all coaches do that, if they're any good. There's no point in doing this job if you're not willing to listen. And if listening to someone doesn't get you excited... So there you are, you've got somebody who will listen. They'll even help you to have a seriously good rant if you need one to get stuff out of your system. And yes, a good rant can really clear your head. 
you're not stuffing it anymore. So you're not carrying it. You drop that old baggage that you don't need. And you've got somebody who walks beside you and encourages you on and helps you through the seriously rocky bits. And believe me, there's lots of those. And you've got somebody with experience, as well as training, who's been there before, found several ways out of the mire. And they can help you find your own way out. And there'll be somebody who does not want to tell you what to do, but somebody who will show you the things that help them. But most of all, they will help you find your own ways. And your own ways, those are the ones that will be right for you. No good coach wants to produce clones of themselves. And no good coach thinks they know it all either. Every good coach knows absolutely, in their bones, that they have so much still to learn. And you know, that's part of what makes life worth living for us. And every good coach too, they know there's a whole universe of possibilities out there that you can explore to find what fits you, what makes your heart sing. And they're delighted to help you on that journey. I'm always reminded of a cartoon picture that yet another of my psychology teachers gave me. It's a picture of Snoopy from the Peanuts cartoons. And he's there in his flying helmet looking down at baby Snoopy and saying, everybody needs a co-pilot. That says it all for me with coaching, helping people, helping enable them to be themselves. And that's like being co-pilot. And to continue the flying analogy, the client is always in the left-hand seat. That's the old captain's seat. I'm the co-pilot in the other seat, there to support. But it's the client who drives the plane, chooses the route and the speed and the altitude. And working that way with people, it really works for me. So, If you'd like to be full of expectancy and without expectations, give me a call. Let's see what we can do. Bye for now. Well, thank you for joining our weekly sail on Pea Green Boat. Time to stop now. If you'd like to know more, you can meet me at www.ellensentier.com and I'm on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn as well. So let's connect. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And thank you so much to Wahoo Media who produced this podcast for me. See you next week. Bye for now.